Welcome to the Honest Business Podcast. This is the show for ambitious, value-driven business owners who are actively building a business that works for them. Hi, I'm Mae James, and I'm here to make scaling your business easier and more rewarding than ever. Each week, we will dive into simple, sustainable strategy and pragmatic leadership discussion to support you as you take imperfect action on your entrepreneurial journey. If you want to stay ahead, exceed your growth goals, and have a purposeful, thriving business, then keep on listening. Hello and welcome back to the Honest Business Podcast. I hope you are very well. Today I've come back with an episode that was kind of requested. You guys seem to really enjoy the Q&A episode. So we're bringing another one back. I've got 10 more questions to answer that I get asked or have been asked or it's just something that I think people are interested in. So yeah, that's the plan for today. So nice to have you with us. Thank you for joining and listening. And as always, feel free to leave a review and yeah, we'll get into it. So number one of the questions was how do you manage not being cheap or affordable? And I think what that, what people mean by that is, you know, my business model is set up in a way, my pricing is set up in a way that is not, my one-to-one stuff's not accessible to everyone. And it's certainly not the most expensive in the world. It's not the most expensive in my industry by any stretch, but it is significantly more than say maybe what some people charge and yeah, there's just a, I think it's an interesting question. So how do I manage that? Well, to be honest, it doesn't really bother me. One, I am not there for everyone and I don't need to be. Two, we do have some of the things in the business that mean that my work is accessible from an accessibility and inclusivity perspective, which is something that's really important to me. I really think there's a myth and a thing that needs to be dispelled around inclusivity and affordability and helping people be able to access things versus you creating a business model that doesn't make sense for you or you pricing in a way that doesn't make sense. That's a whole episode. Maybe we'll go into that at some point. So for me, you know, it's very much about being really honest with myself of the money I need to make and want to make in order for this to work. It's also about understanding your cost and understanding, you know, I've said this before, but whatever you charge, even for an hour of your time, if it's a one-on-one service, that's not what they're paying for. They're not paying for just an hour of your time. There's a whole plethora of things they are paying for. And so for me, you know, I've got team to pay and I've got this to pay and that pay and all these other things that it just doesn't really, it doesn't, from an emotional perspective, doesn't bother me at all and doesn't cross my mind. From a more logistics level, yes, if we did, as a business, choose, you know, to charge less, we would have a lot more clients, but that isn't really the aim of what I'm doing here. So that doesn't, it doesn't light me up, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, I have chose to build out May James in a way that is quite different from what a lot of people choose to do. And I've chose to go down the one-to-one route in a different way. So we've had to kind of shift it to make it work. And we've created a really nice model that is really exciting and it's really fun. And I did it because I just love working one-on-one with people and I see the real depth that that brings and the real kind of instant change and I think this is the difference right it's like people will come and work with me who are just ready for something whether that's they're ready to find clarity whether it's ready for more money whether they're ready to just like live a better life they come to me ready for something and I think that's what's really important so for me you know in the business at the moment and and for the foreseeable for now it's only me that delivers is in consultant and, and I'm the only one who actually gets on client calls And that, again, is very intentional from my perspective. And so it's not cheap. And 
but it's it's difficult right because that's so subjective and also for me the value that I add into businesses often makes the investment they invest into me so insignificant like it's tiny in the sense of you know I'm adding like six figures multi six figures seven figures worth of value into businesses over like a 12 month period a six month period a 24 month period like it's it's negligible but when they first make that investment it often isn't because when they first make that investment they can be their business model might be working they want to completely shift it it might take six months for all of this stuff to kick in it might take 12 months like I understand that yes the value is there at the end point but you know it's still a big risk for people and they feel like it's a risk and they still you know people feel very worried about that because you know it's it's still a lot of money you know at the time of recording this uh in October 2022 my one-to-one six-month consultant package which is like the thing that most people start on and is the thing that is really like a catch-all to significant change in growth in a business that's priced at £15,000 so you know some of you might listen to that and think oh god that's really cheap compared to you know some of the figures you'll have heard from various people and then for some of you you might think oh my god that's just so ridiculous and so expensive could we charge more yes 100% I try and keep it as reasonable as I can it's a real difficult like way up and mix to do that obviously another thing that I think is not spoken about a lot is obviously I don't take any equity from people I don't do any profit splits I don't do any profit shares I don't do anything in terms of like me adding value to a business so once they've paid that money then that's it right it doesn't matter how much I make them they only ever pay that much which works in their favor hugely because actually for the type of stuff I do it makes much more sense for me to charge some kind of profit share or ask for some equity or do something or do this that and the other and you know I don't I don't do that which is a whole other reason as to why I don't do it but that makes me quite happy because when you look at the trackable ROI on a lot of our clients, like if they were paying me 10%, 5%, 20%, you know, whatever the, you decide that you're going to get, they would be paying out some serious, serious, serious dollar. You know, if that works for some consultants, then that's great. But for me, I, I choose not to. And I price in a way that makes sense. So yeah. And in terms of logistics around that, I mean, I think I just know my worth and I know the power of what I do. And I just know that there's people who want to pay it and I have people who pay it and absolutely are like, I'd pay even more. So I, I think that's where I it just gets to be, I don't kind of see it as being, you know, want to be cheap or want to be affordable or want to be this or want to be that. Like I just see it as this is me and this is how much it costs and this is such a, in my opinion, like it's a bargain. Like I just think it's great, you know, and you can come and spend see your strategy days at eight thousand pounds at the moment in October of 2022 and I say this just because the price will change so that's why I'm dating it I know you might be listening to this in 2025 or you might be listening to it in six months time and the price has changed it's eight thousand pounds at the moment I mean that is just an absolute great price for what people get from it I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of what you get but that's a really great option there's also some intensives like those are two grand and like you know I think for some people they think two grand for an intensive is like whoa that's a lot of money but the reality of it is is a lot of people are just selling their souls for nothing and I know that sounds really harsh but like that's the truth of the matter like people are selling intensive where it has like two three four five hours of work and then charge them tiny amount of money 
and then come on and start talking on Instagram about how to structure your business and how this is amazing and how that's amazing and how to make money. And then I'm like sat there thinking, well, hang on a minute, why the hell are you selling your one-to-one time for that if you're then selling a group program for X? And I'm not going to go into this because I could literally go down a rant on a, a haul about people saying one thing and then doing another and then business models not making sense and all sorts of things, right? And that's not what this episode's about. But needless to say, I charge what I charge. I feel really good about it. It serves me very well. Customers are very happy to pay the prices that we charge and often have said previously and and more recently, you know, I pay more or I can't believe it's actually only this or I thought it seemed like a lot of money, but then actually when I've experienced it, it's actually so cheap. You know, I've had people before say, I feel like we're not paying you enough for what you're kind of doing for us. So yeah, I just sit in my power. I know what I'm good at. I know how life-changing the stuff is. So I feel really good about it. Yeah, so that's the question to that, answer to that one. (laughs) Number two is a really interesting question. It's about how did you have the confidence to get visible? I think this is a really fantastic question. Um, And I think they mean around like being seen, you know, being on video, being on camera. They know that I do a lot of stuff. So this has been a hard one for me. It's not, I'm not this person that's just like confident all the time. I'm not someone who found this super easy. What I did was, is a long time ago, I made a commitment of just, I was going to make it work. And I think this is what it comes down to, right? You know, confidence and feeling not good enough and imposter syndrome and all of this kind of stuff. It all comes down to you making a decision. And I know that sounds very harsh and some people will not like me saying that, but that's truly what it is. If I hadn't have made a decision, I still wouldn't have been on camera. I still wouldn't do all the things that I do. You know, I stand on stages or speak or, you know, speak to random people. I don't have a clue who they are. None of that phases me. And I think it's just because I made a commitment to myself. And I was like, May, we're we're doing this. Whether you like it or not, this is what's going to happen. And you're going to learn to enjoy it. And I think that's another key thing. It's like, if you're listening to this, that might sound quite brutal and quite like a matter of fact. But I think... Whenever I am matter of fact, it's more so about how do we find a way of me loving it. And now, you know, I do. I, I can't say I love, we've recently started YouTube and I find that hard. You know, I find it difficult, but I know I'll enjoy it eventually. And it's just new. It's unknown. It's difficult, but I need challenging. I don't want to ever get bored. So that's why we like, well, there's many reasons why we started YouTube, but one of them was to just keep me learning, keep me on my toes, keep me on my feet, you know, doing that. I really enjoy podcasting. And I think if you are really scared to get out there and you do feel not very confident, try podcasting. Podcasting's a really good option if you're kind of struggling or just on the first journeys of that. You know, I quite intense in the sense of every single day, pretty much. I mean, yeah, pretty much every every day. I'm on Instagram stories. If you don't follow me over there, come and say hi. You really get to see day to day what's going on with me and what I up, what I get up to of running businesses and you know that's a really big commitment and I don't think everyone has to do that you really don't but the reason I do that is to keep me constantly moving keep me constantly practicing keep me constantly on thing like that's the reason I do it I think people think there's I mean there are other reasons but a lot of the time it's just about me getting my reps in you know it's getting that to be an expert and to be exceptional at stuff, you've got to do stuff. And there's so many people who will talk the back legs off a donkey about all this shit that they seem like they feel like they can do. And actually, they don't provide any substance. Like, they literally just talk, talk, talk. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing people who just talk and have nothing to offer. And I know that sounds really harsh and really, like, not very nice and lovey-dovey, but that's the truth of the matter. And, you know, I just practice and practice and practice. I don't think people realise, like, you know, I've been speaking for a long, long time in very interesting and unconventional ways. 
But the more I speak, the better I get at it. I'm not a great, you know, I'm not the world's best speaker in the world. I'm really, I'm severely dyslexic, you know. <laughs> I really struggle to sometimes even find the word I'm trying to say. But it would only get worse if I didn't do it and if I didn't make a commitment to myself. And so that's what I do. I just say, hey, this is just it, mate. Like, you want to be X thing? You got to get on this. And um, once you get in the rhythm of it, it becomes so much easier. Because if I do have a day or two where I don't speak to camera or I don't post any content, I actually do start getting all the old feelings to come in. And this is why I wanted to, I think this is a great question to talk about because it doesn't ever go away. It's just you learn to manage it. And for me, that really rings true because if I do have a few days, I'm like, oh, I could just not post anymore. I could just, I could just like exist in my life without sharing with everyone, you know? Like I think people think I share just because I fancy it. Like I share because I made a commitment that I would share a journey and in some way, I'm not saying that that forever will be Instagram stories, but in some way I will share. And I don't know, I just think people need to like take a bit more self-accountability for the fact that it's only going to come from you. So like if you're waiting for a miracle to happen, I'm trying not to swear, but like, you know, (laughs) jog on because it's not going to happen. You are the one that's going to make it happen and have the confidence. And that confidence comes from just doing it and getting the reps in and just really going for it. I think that's why I feel always prepared for things because, you know, if I was somewhere and they were like, right, can you just go on stage and do a keynote for an hour without a presentation, without this, that and the other, I know I could go and speak and do an absolute killer, amazing session, like off the bat. Obviously, it would be better if you did have all the preparation, etc, etc. But the only reason I'm so able to do that is because I'm used to talking to people. I'm used to just addressing people, even if that's me talking to a camera and then uploading it. It's the same thing. And I think people think it isn't, but it really is. Like, you just have to get the reps in and keep going and learning to craft your skill. And like, you know, it takes time and you're going to make mistakes, but that's just part of the deal. So like, I think people, yeah, I just think people need to chill out a bit, but also like chill out about being perfect, chill out about it having to be like, look amazing and then just get a bit more like, fire in your belly about actually doing it and just putting the reps in and getting on with it and I think that's that's the mashup for me that's kind of how I've managed to get there the one thing I do find hard is like showing me like showing just me as myself I find that hard what I mean by that is like don't know like showing my whole body for example like I'm not that confident in my body you know I've gained so much weight over the last five years since I got ill and I don't look the same as I used to and I I didn't know if I'm going to share this or not I might cut this out because this is not something I normally talk about and it's not something I feel hugely comfortable talking about which you can probably tell by me um humming and harming here um (laughs) but if we've kept it in then we've kept it in um you know that's been a really hard journey for me and, and it still is as you can probably tell so I do find that bit a struggle in the sense of like I'd much rather just see the top of my head because there's a whole host of other things going on which for my self-identity is really challenging because I got ill and lost so much of my life and have had to rebuild a life but the effects of that and the impact of that still are very much visible physically on me every day so yeah that that bit is hard and that's something I still struggle with. However, in the last six months, I've made a lot of progress about that because I kind of just got to a point where I was like, this is just who you are, May, so you're just going to have to get over it. Like, 
I think I was really like bullshitting myself for period and kind of just like letting myself you know just like be in this hole but actually I was like do you know what it is what it is like I look how I look it's part of my story it's a tragic story it's sad it's hard it's heartbreaking but you know I'm still here I'm still present there was a time in my life where I didn't think that that would be the case and I'm not I don't want to trigger anyone so I'm not going to go down that hole but you know I have to understand that there's still so much you know the, the how you look doesn't define you as a person so yeah that would be like a big one for me and it's something I'm still working on but I also want to be there I want to show other people as well because there's plenty of people who are also like this like like me like there's plenty of people who you know gained loads of weight for whatever reason and maybe they love that and that's great and you know maybe people don't want to lose any weight and that's also great and yeah I just I don't know it's a really hard topic and that's why I don't discuss it because I know there's so many nuances and issues and problems and personal situations with it but yeah if that's what's stopping you from yeah let me just end with this bit if what is stopping you feeling like you can get on camera is because of how you look or the shape of your body or the size of your body whether that's too big too small not enough whatever like if that's what's stopping you please let this be the kind of antidote to say that you can find ways of that not being the main thing and um this is a really difficult thing for me to record (laughs) okay this is interesting we're going there we'll go there I'm gonna record this and then I'll sit and see how I feel about it and if you keep it in you'll listen to this then hey ho be kind um but yeah please please know that like you know you don't have to show all of your body. You don't have to. If there's something you really dislike or is really, you're really insecure about, like, that's okay. And um, you can, you know, like, you can do other things. Like, for example, podcasting. You don't ever have to record that. So do that. Or do Instagram stories and only ever show your face. Or if you hate your face, and that's the bit that you really can't deal with and don't like... Do loads of like cool video and um, like B-roll shots and interesting stuff that includes like your hands or your feet walking like with a really cool pair of shoes or there's like loads of things you can do. I think that is a thing because someone said to me once like it's not their body that's the issue. It's like they feel like it's their face or it's their hair or it's their nose or something that they're insecure about. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's just let's just switch it up then. Let's find a different way. And actually it'll give you a point of difference. So I really would encourage you if you can to where possible like find a way of making it work whilst you're also working on you know moving through whatever the thing is that's your hang up and then kind of see what options are available to you from there but yeah I've kind of done a full 360 with it you know (laughs) I've just (laughs) I've just done a full 360 and I'm at a point in my life now where yeah you know like I don't look the same as I did once and as you can tell in my voice there's still a part of me that that finds that really difficult but I think that's just because I it's so heavily attached to the life I once had and and how much of that has been taken away from me but I'm also coming out the other end and also coming out the end of just like I don't care anymore this is who I am I'm a beautiful person and yeah anyway we'll move on from that one because it's we could chat about that for ages and um who knows if this gets left in so we'll see Anywho, number three is how do you manage all the different things you have going on in your life? Yeah, this is a great question. I laughed at this. So I, the person who asked this follows me on Instagram and I think probably watches my stories. And on there, I share a lot of just like day-to-day realness. 
earn and then what it means for a business. I don't just talk about me like the whole time. But most people will know, but you might not if you've only consumed the podcast and nothing else. My life is mad. Like, it's crazy. It is... I mean, it's just like every single day there's something happens or every month there's some catastrophe. And um, it's not in business. It's kind of almost never in business. Thankfully, I really appreciate that. It's more just like life stuff in general and family. And um, it's draining. It's really heavy. It's hard. Um, I just have a lot going on. And so I do have some really practical responses because I think some people also are going through this or some people just maybe admire the like tenacity and the resilience that I seem to have but I've learned to cope with stressful situations really well I've learned to deal with trauma you know in a way that allows me to still exist whilst the trauma is happening again I'm not a trauma expert so I'm not going to start talking about the ins and outs of that but yeah I, I am someone who although I'm not extremely old feels like they've lived many a life <laughs> And um, I get to the weeks and into the week sometimes and I'm just sat there thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> how is this possible? What has happened now? Um, and sometimes we have funny things with my team. Like <laughs> the other week, one of my team was like, maybe we can just have like a week or a month. I think she said a month. I've just like niceness for you and calm and peace. And I was like, yeah, that'd be so, so nice. Like that would just be amazing. And then literally like 36 hours later, I was in a hospital, I think, or in some other bizarre place. And I just, <laughs> I kind of just was like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> this is my life. So yes, I hope at some point in my life, things will calm down and not be, but I'm just, I've got various responsibilities that mean that different people at different parts of their life need different things. And so I'm, yeah, you know, it's not a complaint. It's just, it is what it is situation. How do I manage it though? Here we go. So Structure is really important. I have a lot of structure in my life that makes things easy. What I mean by that is creating things in your life to anticipate what might come. Now, some of the stuff I'm dealing with, you just can't anticipate it. It's like, well, I'm not going to go into it, but there's like, because it's not my story to tell on a lot of things, but like really intense life stuff that people would consider like happens maybe once in every five years or something or once in a lifetime even. And it's happening to me like on a weekly or monthly basis with various different people at various frequencies. I just have to create a structure in my life that works. And in to accommodate that, I have systems. So I have systems in a business systems in my life and I've built we've built this life me and my partner where we kind of like tag team I suppose and and we kind of learned a way to to just like be calm in the chaos and a lot of that comes through systems so let's think of a practical system just to give you some like actual tangible things food shopping like you know food shopping's just such a like okay yeah food shopping well if you look at how busy I am in a business like I've run two businesses aside from all the personal stuff I haven't got a lot of time anyway because I don't devote a lot of time to going and do the food shop, for example. Now, doing the food shop is something I tend to do pretty much all the time. Yeah, like I'd say 95% of the time, that's my thing. I do get the food shop. So, you know, for example, we will get a food delivery and that's so much easier because it saves me so much time and energy. But it's not just about getting a food delivery. It's about what do we get delivered and what food is in our fridge, which again, to some of you is going to be like, this is so weird. But, you know, I have things in my fridge for certain situations so for example last night there was something going on that was another bizarre thing that I hadn't anticipated happening and in the space of half an hour I had five people coming for dinner 
who I wasn't expecting and I needed to just make something there and then. So we have certain things in the fridge that allow for me to do that. For example, like desserts. I'll always just try and have like uh, some kind of like nice pie or chocolate thing or like something where I know I can then just feed like a decent lump of people and give them a dessert and then everyone's happy trying to always keep some ice cream or custard or whatever. M&S really saves the day like I wish this was sponsored by M&S because like I'm the ultimate like flag fly for M&S in the sense of just making your life easy so I have that. Other things I'll always have in the fridge is like a selection of cheeses you know like cream double cream like really basic things like always mushrooms peppers onions leeks like I have like a base thing in my fridge that I try and always keep because I know I can then make like loads of different meals like fajitas like always trying to have like wraps or things in the house that I just know I can make stuff with easily and make it en masse because sometimes I end up like me and my other half live together and there's only two of us that supposedly live in this house but sometimes it can be like a bit mad of who's coming for dinner which I love like it's really nice and it's fun you know and I, I'm I'm so grateful for it but it, it sometimes it's, it's a bit wild so yeah I try and keep really like basic things like always having loads of posada or like Lloyd Grossman sauces again love to be sponsored by Lloyd Grossman because I just go through so many of his amazing sauces like just having stuff in like loads of pasta stuff that's easy and again that's gonna sound a bit weird but like it just makes things simple and seamless and smooth because if I know the stuff in the fridge I don't have to go to the shops I don't have to do this don't have to do that I also will always keep some like generic beer so I mean my generic beer is something like I don't know like some Guinness we'll always have like a load of Guinness in the house or some kind of beer where everyone's going to drink it if we've had some kind of thing where people want to drink always have a bottle of champagne in the fridge pretty much literally like all the time nearly try and always have some kind of like rosé or something in but a champagne a bottle of champagne normally covers everything like if something's really great champagne if something's really horrific champagne I know some people won't think that but you know that's how I roll I just think it'll get better so why don't we open a bottle of champagne um so yeah I try and do that sometimes we're trying to have like pop and things in but I just try and have it so that it's easy and then like say for example I've then got to like whip something up I then you know candle on candle makes such a huge difference like having nice candles always have loads of nice candles so I can just put that on having music on like really simple things can like shift a really difficult challenging situation and I know this is so far off just like necessarily business chat but I'm guessing you're interested if if not then sorry but um that kind of thing is just an example of like last night just really helps to make things easy and that's just like one element of my life I have it across all other different elements that try and make things easy now I don't have everything sussed out so please don't think this is me saying like I've got some amazing thing like I don't like my house is untidy it is clean because I'm very lucky another system we have is we have a cleaner and I just can't like my chronic illness I I can't clean it just wouldn't happen so we have a cleaner and that really helps but she doesn't tidy so (laughs) it's still a tip and you know our house we moved into our house two years ago and it's still not really unpacked it's not decorated it's not all perfectly you know carpet like um carpentry is that the right word you know like I mean you know with like wardrobes and everything like it's just not but that's okay because like we just pick out you know you pick your battles and pick what you want and I as long as I've got a nice bathroom I can deal with everything else so there's lots of systems that I put in place and that we put in place to kind of make life easy even when it's really not 
and that's just come from experience and from like just getting things to work the other thing I do is I just be really honest with what I can actually do so when you are trying to manage lots of different things in your life you have to get really honest and open with yourself about what you need and what you can do and what you can't do and so for me I've stopped this like bullshit myself I've stopped trying to do everything I've stopped trying to be everything to everyone I just now be really open with what I need on that specific day and so I ask for help and asking for help is really really important and I think this is the thing that a lot of women especially if you're running businesses and doing loads of things and maybe you're a mum as well which obviously I'm not it you forget to ask for help and for me like I have to ask for help you know I really really do I have a PA, I have a cleaner, I have, you know, I don't do any of the washing, like there's so much that I just don't do because my time and my life is dedicated to other things and that's okay, like that's an act of choice from me and from, you know, my other half and and from what we choose to build a life together with but I think you've got to ask for help, like you really, really do and sometimes I'll ring someone and be like, hey, can you, are you busy? Can you help me with this? And they'll be like, yeah. Or they'll be like, no, I'm busy, sorry. And I'm like, no bother. But like most people want to help. And I think you have to be open to asking for it because you don't get a medal for being, you know, this martyr that doesn't, that does it all. Like you don't need to be. So stop making your life hard. The other thing is about being realistic. Like you've got to be realistic when you're going through a difficult time, like what you can actually do. So like, I just get really real and I'm like, well, this is going to happen. This isn't you know, for example, I'm filming this podcast and I was meant to film a, a like batch of episodes two weeks ago. It just wasn't going to happen two weeks ago. So I just completely pulled out my diary and was like, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. It's the sort of thing where I can change it around. Yeah, like we batch in advance so that I can, that's flexible. There's certain things that I won't change on, but it's all about you just being realistic on what is, is good and able for you to do. The next thing is also to stay drilled into your values. Like, you have to really stay drilled into your personal values because as, as an entrepreneur who's really busy and then you might have a lot of life stuff going on, like you have to be so certain on the intention behind the things you do, why you do what you do, like where that, what that means for you, all that kind of stuff. I just think you've just got to stay drilled to your values because now I just check everything against that. It's like if I'm unsure about something, I'm like, right, well, what does, what does that mean for X thing? And if it doesn't align, it doesn't align. And I think the other thing to look at with that is is about remembering to look forward. So when I'm going through difficult things and I'm managing a lot of things, I always just think about in a week, in two weeks, in a month, in a year, in 10 years, however long the timeline has to be, depending on the situation, things will change. Things move forward, things will shift, things will get better, things will get worse. But this idea when you're in crisis, it often feels like you're in this like vacuum and then nothing's ever going to change. And I just remind myself that it will. Time passes. Whether that's for the better or the worse, it's going to pass. So, like, you just have to, you, you've just got to get on with it, you know? And and I think, but having that perspective and that outlook really allows for you to then act meaningfully in whatever situation you're in. Because I always know it's it's short term. Now, some of the things I'm dealing with actually aren't short term and there's no outcome and there's no positive outcome and there's very little anyone can do. And that does cause issues because it's really, really hard to kind of stay true to that but you still do like I still I just know that things will change like nothing ever stays the same seasons change everything changes and you will get there so yeah that's kind of how I manage all the different things going on in my life the other thing I would do is you need to get really clear on your priorities and for me I have a really strong set of priorities 
and I'm not afraid to say that my business is really high up there. Obviously, family always comes first, but my business is pretty much second, and that's okay to me. Like, that feels good to me. That might not feel good to you, and that's okay. You don't have to. But for me, you know, business and running businesses are really, really true to my heart, and it's something that makes me happy. And I think when your happiness is so in entrenched in that then it's important to you and that's important to me that's why I prioritize it because as much as I help other people and really create amazing impact in the world I also really help myself and I enjoy my work and it gives me so much life and and pours into me so yeah I really that's kind of how I deal with it don't know if that's helped you but maybe it has number four is what are you looking forward to in your business I really like this question it's really fun You know, for me, what I'm really looking forward to, like if I have to pick one thing, what I'm truly looking forward to is what happens after the next 20 years, which I know sounds a bit weird, (laughs) but what happens after the next 20 years? Like, what's the impact going to be at that point? What is the long-term growth going to be? Like, where are the clients going to be at that we helped right at the beginning or that I still work with today? Are we going to work with people still at that point? Like, who knows? And for me, that really excites me. Like, I'm looking forward to the next 20 years. I'm looking forward to the next 30 years. You know, I'm looking forward to the next 40 years. For me, May James as a brand and as a business is is really exciting it's fun and and I I know it's going to be here for a long long time so it it kind of excites me of what is going to happen with that and what amazing things will come from that and the amazing people that I haven't met yet and the businesses that are not even born in the world that people don't even have ideas for like that was really excites me and seeing the collective change we can make in the world and and the growth that can occur because I'm positive about that and I'm optimistic and I I truly believe in what people are doing. There's very good people out in the world and I know the news and things will help us believe there aren't. But in my world, in my space, in this collective that we've created in this community, I, I feel really strongly that the next 20 years and after that is going to be really fruitful. It's going to be really exciting and, and full of vibrancy. So number five is... Oh, this is another good question. There's so many good ones. I'm just reading these. I hadn't really prepped them. So I'm just like, oh, what is this one? What do entrepreneurs need to get better at? This is such a good question. My goodness, how long? This should be a whole episode. (laughs) I'll try and keep it short and sweet. Okay. What do they need to get better at? Number one, being bloody patient. (laughs) Get impatient. And there's a whole episode on about being impatient in business. So go and listen to it if this kind of resonates with you. But be impatient. And what I mean by that is just understanding that stuff takes time and that if it doesn't work in three months or six months doesn't mean the whole thing's a shit show. Like, I think so many people just believe it needs to happen overnight. So that is just a no. And the way I see that is like, you know, if you look at like fastest growing startups or if that's the sort of thing that interests you, like in London or the best UK companies, right? Often they will have on when they're founded and say if it's like the 2022 list or the 2023 list, None of them are actually, normally, if it's like a decent list, it's not just some random list, like it's a decent list, then ever like founded in 2021 or 2022 or 2020. Often it's like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2013. Like people are like, have been grafting for a hell of a long time before they even make this like really cool achievement, you know, a list or whatever, an award or whatever. 
And they're still classed as like a startup and they're still classed as just starting out. But yet they've had like years and years gone by of so much blood, sweat and tears being poured into it. Like that excites me. And that's what people need to start getting. It's like, it's all right if it takes a while. Like it doesn't need to happen overnight. So that's one thing. Leading on from that is people need to get better at understanding scale. Scale is such a big thing in business as a concept. And what I mean in this conversation is around understanding that your business model is one thing right now, but if you added an extra thousand customers to that, what does that look like? If you added an extra 10,000 customers, what does that look like? And understanding how does scale work in business and how does it work in your setup and in your model. And then leading on from that is entrepreneurs need to get better at seeking refinement and excellence. There's a lot of like mediocre shit going going on that's out there that you can buy. That's not gonna, like, as we look to 2030, like, I don't want to make wild predictions about 2030, even though I do have a lot of intuition around what I think it's gonna be. For me, I just can see the way we're going. It's about excellence. It's 100% about excellence, in especially in the B2B space. B2B is always gonna exist. Well, no, I don't want to say always, because obviously if we're not all here, then it's not. But, you know, for, the, for a long time, B2B is going to exist. But I think refinement and excellence is really going to be the thing that rises people to the top, as it always has done, to be fair. The other thing people need to get better at doing is focusing on long-term lead generation. This one, I could literally write a book about. Long-term lead generation is, like, so, so important. It's not about your lead gen for the next three months, even though that's what every single person in the dog is trying to do. Like, really solid, amazing, fantastic, consistent lead gen takes years. Or it can do. It doesn't always have to. But for the majority, right, for the average Joe who's creating a business, it takes bloody years. And it's a right slog. But again, no one talks about it. No one wants to discuss it. No one really wants to admit to it. Sometimes you have unicorns, yes. Sometimes you have people who have lucky, yes. Sometimes you have people who are extremely well connected, yes, that's going to change. But for a lot of people, and I, you might be listening to this, right? Because you might be sick of hearing people say how easy it is to make sales and it's easy that. And sales is very different from just lead gen in itself, right? But in terms of like consistent, huge numbers as well, like if we're talking about lots of people as high quality leads, like that can take a lot of time. And that's okay. You're not like doing anything wrong if you haven't got all that sorted in the in the first three months of your business. Or even if you're in year six and you still feel like it's hard, like it is hard. You've got, there's plenty of things you can do to make it work, but it is something that entrepreneurs need to get better at is understanding and focusing on and creating new innovations around long-term lead gen. The other thing, and the final thing I'm going to touch on this, and this is a huge one, is entrepreneurs need to get better at creating a business model that actually works. I mean, that sounds so simple, but it honestly, honestly, honestly comes down to that. Most people's business models, they're just not going to work. They might work for a few years, but it's not going to work long term. Or they're going to work at a certain size and a certain scale, but they're not going to work to meet the one that the entrepreneur wants. Or you know, they just have these bizarre ideas and conceptions around what is realistically going to happen. And I'm sat there thinking, this is just a no. (laughs) It's just not. And that's not for me to like try and pull people's hopes and dreams out. It's just like entrepreneurs, the, the success rate would be much higher 
if people just actually started with something that makes sense, it astounds me. Like, you know, for example, so many people will invest early stage into businesses where their business model doesn't make sense. And the people investing in it kind of know that, but they're like, okay, we're going to just invest anyway because then let's see what happens with it and how it goes. But it's like, if you just start with a business model that's going to work, then that is a huge piece of the pie. And I think this is why... You know, what I do, I essentially design business models for people. That's essentially what I do from a, if you want to look at it from a really overarching level. And that's one of the reasons why. Because it sounds so simple on paper, but in reality it's really hard. And that will ultimately dictate how successful it gets and how big it can get, depending on how big you want it to be. Um, And, you know, I'm not talking about either really off the wall business models I'm talking about traditional business models maybe in a b2b space maybe in a space where you know for for years and years gone by they've really worked so much has changed now that it doesn't necessarily make sense that if you are growing a business starting a business scaling a business to continue on with a certain business model so that's kind of my rant on that one because I really do think business model and business design and understanding the structure is is really really key thanks for listening to the honest business podcast if you enjoyed today's episode make sure that you are subscribed and if you'd like to support the podcast please share it with others and leave a rating and review to catch up with all the latest from me you can follow me on instagram at may.james underscore where i share the raw uncut behind the scenes reality of what running multiple businesses every day truly looks like As always, links and any resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes below. That's all for this episode and I look forward to seeing you next time.